Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. It's always a privilege to be here. Um, growing up, we would attend here sometimes when we would uh, be staying with Merle Snow and Miss Desi, who many of you knew and loved, and there with Jesus. And, um, we got a, another singer here. I guess we're going to have two more singers in just a second. But it's just a privilege to be here, and we thank you all for having us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to come here and it not be for a funeral. Amen? Because sometimes that's why we've been here. But we're going to sing a song about what it's like to serve Jesus the longer I serve Him.
This is a road song that we learned on one of our many trips up to Illinois when the kids were little. We would just sing a cappella. So we're going to give it a try here. You need to sing that. <laughs> Through my trials and tribulations, I am not afraid. I know, I know he'll, be he'll be there to guide me all the way. Though the road is sometimes rocky, let there be no doubt. happy as I travel on life's road to glory. Where I shall reach heaven, my home, I'm glad. So glad. glad. That will be a wonderful time when I see his blessed face. We'll praise praise his name name throughout the endless days. Glorify Jesus with the ones who've gone before. We'll with him on the blessed heavenly shore. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, so glad he gives me peace to peace to me. I'm glad, I'm glad, so glad he meets my every need. I'm so happy as I travel on life's road to glory. Where I shall reach heaven, my home, I'm glad, so glad. I'm so glad. Where I shall reach heaven, my home, I'm glad. If you would, go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And while you're going over there, I just want to say thank you for uh, the graciousness that is always extended to us every time we come. The files are fine people. I believe you have a great pastor and and first lady here, and and you're blessed to have them. Um, I am at a church that... Uh, is similar to this. It's in the country, um, and it's had its share of ups and downs. And all of my predecessors, they lasted a year, two years, three years, four years. And this fall will make ten years. So praise the Lord. And I'm just believing the same thing for you, Brother Jared. Be here the next year and the next year and the next year. And, and, and just see what God wants to do because you are a special bunch of folks. And this is a special church and a special community. And God's got big plans. Um, we don't have to be famous or well-known or anybody according to worldly standards because we're always special to God. And God has a unique and special plan for each one of us. And I also want to say a big, big thank you to Miss Marilyn. She is such a gracious host, and she makes a big fuss over us. And all we want is a roof over our head. And she goes the extra mile and cooks and all that. And it's just a, a wonderful experience, everything that uh, we've experienced here so far, and um, we just appreciate it. But Isaiah chapter 55 is a very beautiful uh, portion of Scripture. I love the book of Isaiah. I believe I preached on Isaiah last year when I was here, but from a different text. But I can't remember, so don't hold me to that. But in Isaiah chapter 55, we find a very interesting uh, scenario, a very interesting situation Isaiah, whose name means the Lord is Savior, 
He was prophesying and he was ministering during this time that the Lord inspired him to record all of uh, his doings. And it was during a very troubling and turbulent time. Um, Isaiah was sent primarily to the southern kingdom of Judah. And his message was sounded to Israel as well and all surrounding nations of his day. The Lord saves. The Lord is merciful. And the Lord wants all people to turn to Him. That would be a very, 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 very simplified overview of the book of Isaiah. It's also known as the Gospel of the Old Testament because you're going to find more about getting saved in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah than anywhere else in the Old Testament. It's very beautiful. But God's people at this time were were troubled. Many did not know Him. Many were backslidden. And many were just on the fence. And they were in desperate need of the intervention of God. Remember this about the Lord. The Lord is a master interventionist. He intervenes and He keeps us from destroying our lives. He intervenes and He keeps us from catastrophe. He intervenes and He keeps us from death. He intervenes and He keeps calamities from occurring in our lives that we'll never even be aware of till we get to heaven. And God is needed at this time to intervene on behalf of the children of Israel and the the nation of Judah. The Assyrian Empire was a constant threat from without. The political leadership within was totally corrupt and self-seeking. And the spiritual leadership and the condition of the people was rotten and decay. Idolatry was rampant. And the people of Isaiah's day were in terrible need of clear direction. And God gives it to him when he says, Seek ye the Lord. And so let's begin in chapter 55, verse 1. And the Lord says this, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. And then verse 6, Seek ye the Lord. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And it's such a beautiful chapter. I'd love to read to the end of verse 13 but I don't have two hours to preach. Brother Jared said I only have an hour and a half and so I won't preach on the entire chapter but but you know the lord starts out by saying everybody pay attention everybody listen up that's why he says ho and 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 as he goes on down he says incline your ear he's saying behold what he's trying to do is get our attention and say focus on me for a minute listen up for a second 
I want to say something that's very, very important. And he says, if you're thirsty, come to the waters. Even if you don't have anything to pay for that water, come and and drink and eat. And he says, there is water, there is wine, and there is milk. And it's available to anybody. And you don't have to pay for it. Now, if you, if you look at types, you're going to know and you'll agree with me that, that water is, is the source of life. And we all need water in order to live. And uh, there are many farmers here, and I live in an agricultural community, and drought is bad, bad, bad news. Well, we can have a drought of the soul as well, and we need the living waters of Jesus Christ in our life. But then there is wine, and that represents joy. That represents spiritual goodness. And then there is milk, which also represents something spiritual. And it is the, the sustenance. It's, it's, it's what feeds us. It what's, it's, it's something that we need. And it can also um, be a type of abundance. And what the Lord is saying here is, you guys are striving and you're stressing to acquire and to have things that don't satisfy. Why do you work for that which is not bread? And why do you strive for things that don't satisfy? The Lord says, I've got the real. I've got what really, really matters. I've got what is eternal in nature. Stop striving and stressing and fretting over things that are temporal. Over things that don't have any eternal significance. And in the pursuit of these things, whatever it may be, and we've all got our little weaknesses or our own little desires that we have for ourselves, whatever it may be, it does not satisfy like the Lord satisfies. And we can spend a lifetime of pursuing things, pursuing things of the flesh or, or maybe pursuing things that, that are not evil in and of themselves, but they become an idol to us and we pursue after those things. And the Lord is saying, wait a minute, all that stuff drains your soul. It empties you. It doesn't satisfy. It just makes you want more. It's like drinking salt water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. And we go through life sometimes with substitutes. Things that don't give us any real benefit. We have no true life within us that the rivers of living water give us through Jesus Christ. We don't have any joy like the wine represents. We, don't, we have lean, barren, sick, weak souls because we don't have the, the, the sustenance in the, of the milk of God that He gives to every one of us. And we, we substitute those things with other things. I get a kick out of my... My little granddaughter, I'll, I'll, I'll have her come up. She, she loves milk and she calls it moat. But sometimes she'll drink water too if you, if you offer her a, a, a bottle. But it's, it's kind of hard for her to give up something else. Come here, Katie. Come up here real quick. This is my two-year-old granddaughter. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a two-month-old sitting there with grandma and my daughter. This is Katie. She's got a good southern name. Katie Bell Thorne is her name. She loves this pacifier. She loves it. And they're trying to break her of it, but they haven't had too good a luck yet. But sometimes she wants some milk. Sometimes she wants some water. And so I give it to her. Can you hold that for me? Can you hold that for Grandpa? She has to make a choice. She can't have her water and have that pacifier at the same time. She's got to make a choice. And so this has to come out 
so that she can ingest this. Now, this satisfies to a point. It makes her feel better, but it doesn't give her life. She could get dehydrated and she could die if she doesn't have this. She could get malnourished and get weak if she didn't have milk or food. And so, like her, we all have to make a choice. And God says, listen to me. I'm offering you something. And he goes on. Can you go back down there now? Can you go to grandma and mama? Thank you. Very good. Using my grandchild as an object lesson. But God says, here's what I'm offering you. But then as you read on down in verse 6, he says something that's very important for us to understand. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And I'll tie this together in a second. Call upon me while I am near. And what that tells me is that the Lord gets closer sometimes than at other times. She still wants to help me, I think. And the Lord, He will pass by especially close sometimes. And He says, listen, I am offering you something. Listen, I want you to pay attention to me. I am making a concerted effort. I am reaching out to you. And I am a firm believer that that God can work with us and and we can be saved at any time, anywhere. I am a firm believer that you can be at work and God can change your life. You can be driving down the road and have a little prayer time. But it's prompted by the Spirit of God coming to you. We don't just decide to get saved. The Spirit of God convicts us. He pays us a visit. We don't just decide that I'm going to stop this and I'm going to start doing this. We just don't decide that we're going to turn over a new leaf and and we're going to make a New Year's resolution and our lives are going to be changed. It It doesn't work that way. It requires the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. And He can reach us anywhere at any time and He comes to us at special times and He knocks on the door of our hearts and He says, Hey, I've got something for you. I've got water. I've got eternal life. Your soul is dry. He says, hey, I've got something for you. I've got wine. I've got joy. Are you tired of being depressed? Are you tired of worrying about so many different things? And most of the time, the things we worry about never happen anyway. But are you tired of being in that trap? That cycle? The Lord says, I've got some joy. Do you feel like your soul is lean and barren? Are you weak? Are you anemic spiritually? The Lord says, I've got true life. I've got the sustenance that you have, but I'm here right now and I'm offering it to you and I want you to respond unto me. He says, call unto me, seek me while I am near. I want to do something with you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Now, Jesus is is, is always available to us, but we need God to initiate that change because God is the one who reaches out to us. God is the one who makes that connection possible. It's a very personal matter. It is something that only you and I um, can do concerning ourselves. No one else can do it for us. That's why the the, the, the God of the nation of Israel and the God of us says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. 
we have to understand that it is a very personal matter. And when God comes to us and He offers us what He has for us, it's, it's about us and no one else. Nobody can get saved for you. Nobody can change your life for you. Nobody can read the Bible for you. Nobody can, can pray from your heart, from your lips for you. Now they can intercede for you and thank God for that. But what the point that the Lord is making is, hey, this is between me and you. It's very, very, very personal. But sometimes what we do is we allow some outside force to interfere with the decisions we make when the Lord visits us and He offers us what He has to offer for us. Well, I don't like what that preacher did 25 years ago and I'm never going to church again. That preacher has nothing to do with your salvation. That preacher has nothing to do with your peace. It may be something that uh, 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 your best friend did to you. It may be something that, that didn't turn out the way that you thought it should turn out. And so we hold on to these things or we allow these barriers to come up between us and we find excuses and we want to point our finger at this or that or him or her. And God says, no, this is between me and you. Seek me now while I'm offering you this. It's very, very personal. And there is nothing in this world, human, spiritual, or inanimate, that can hinder God from reaching you. And that can keep your hand from touching His hand when He's reaching His hand out to you. But we've got to respond. We've got to take advantage of the opportunities that come our way. He says, seek the Lord while He may be found. You know, Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 34, He says to the murmuring Pharisees, you'll seek Me, but you'll not find Me. And where I am, you cannot come. In John chapter 8, verse 21, Jesus says unto him again, I go my way and you shall seek Me, and you'll die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot go. Jesus spoke that to these Pharisees because they knew the truth. They knew the Old Testament better than anybody. They had heard Him preach and they had hardened their hearts. And Jesus says, you're missing your opportunity. The Spirit of God's not going to waste His time on you guys anymore. Now, I'm not saying that God has given up on anybody here. That's not where I'm going with this message. But the point I'm trying to make is that when God offers us Himself... Or when God offers us a promise. Or when God offers us a breakthrough in our lives. When God offers us something, it's an opportunity that we need to grab a hold of as soon as He presents it. We don't need to hesitate. We don't need to put it off to tomorrow. Because tomorrow may never come. Or that door that God opens up is only open for a little while. It's kind of like going to the grocery store. Somebody opens a door for you and you want to fiddle around on your phone for a little while and look in your purse for this or that. They're not going to stand there five minutes. They'll open the door and you and I have the choice to go in or not to go in. But we need to seize the opportunities while He may be found is what He's conveying that thought through. I heard the story about an ancient Greek statue and it was a statue of uh, a man running. And he didn't have any clothes on which was pretty common for that period, that classical Greek period, and then the Renaissance readopted that. But he's running and he's naked. 
And he has no hair. Bald is beautiful, by the way. (laughs) And he has one forelock of hair sticking out. That's all. Just one big forelock. And on his feet are wings. And at the base of that statue is just a little paragraph, a question, a question and an exclamation. It says, what is your name and why are you as you are? And the statue answers that question, those two questions, by saying this. He says, my name is Opportunity. He says, I am naked so no one can grab a hold of me as I pass by. I have a forelock so that I can be grabbed as I approach. I have wings on my feet so that I might pass swiftly by. Sometimes the Lord knocks on the door of our heart and He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Just like Brother Jared read earlier today. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly and you'll find rest unto your souls. And Jesus says, I'm right here and I'm offering you everything that you could possibly ever need. Everything that you could ever possibly desire that is good. I am it. Jesus tells us, I am the resurrection and the life. If anybody believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And the Lord says, I'm visiting you. And he's visiting you and he's visiting me this morning. And he's giving us an opportunity to respond. Maybe he's been knocking on the door of your heart for a long time. Maybe he's been saying, hey, you. You understand the gospel by now. And you know that you're a sinner. And you know that you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Lord is here today. He's providing you an opportunity to drink of the waters of living, of life. He's presenting unto you the opportunity to have the joy and the peace that that you've been looking for in other things. Our pacifiers... Maybe he's saying, hey, I, I know you love me and I know you're living for me, but I, I want you to do this. I want you to toss away the idol that's in your life. I want you to throw down and cast away that unforgiveness that you've been harboring in your heart. Maybe it's been a week. Maybe it's been 30 years. But the Lord's saying, I'm here today. Call upon me. While I'm near, seek me. I can be found right now. You know, there are some lepers that position themselves ahead of Jesus. And as Jesus was passing by, the Bible says, they started crying out to Him, Hey, Jesus! Jesus! And Jesus kept going. And I can picture the religious people saying, Shh! Be quiet. He's getting ready to preach. Shh, be quiet. He's getting ready to work a miracle. But they needed a miracle. 
And Jesus was passing by and they cried out to him, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped. And he went to them. And he gave them their miracle. And I submit to you this morning that that God is saying to all of us in one way or another, seek me while I may be found and call ye upon me while I am near. I love what Jeremiah 33.3 says. Call it to me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In other words, you can't even imagine what I can do with you. But call on him. You're not here by accident this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You have never responded to that conviction that you know you need the Lord. We're all sinners. We're all born that way. We just can't help it. It's our nature. But the Lord is saying, I want to save you. I want you to be a part of my family. You've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that He is the Savior and He is who the Bible says that He is. He is the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on that cross for your sins and mine. He died in your place and mine. But the grave could not hold the Anointed One, the Divine Son of God. And so He came out of that grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And He's got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And He's got the victory, and He offers you and I victory through Him, which is eternal life. Come and drink of the waters of life. The Lord's saying, I'm offering you water, I'm offering you wine, I'm offering you milk. It's significant to me that all three are liquids, but I don't understand that part. But I do know that the number three is very, very special to God. It represents the Trinity. He's saying, I'm offering you everything the Godhead has. It's available to you. But respond this morning. Call upon Him while He is near. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says this, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.